Welcome everyone to the Score Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Boone. We are just over 48 hours away from the regular season opener kicking off between the Lions and the Chiefs. And things got a little bit more interesting today. We found out that Travis Kelsey hyperextended his knee in practice. Now he's actually looking doubtful to suit up on Thursday. And I didn't want to spoil this, but we're going to have an injury analyst coming in on Wednesday for that show. We're going to go over all the injury situations entering the season. I will say, though, with Kelsey, the latest reports are making it sound like it's not going to be a long-term issue. He could miss some time here, though. They checked out his ACL. Reportedly, that's intact, according to Adam Schefter, which is great news, of course. So they're going to let the swelling go down. Going to test him out on Wednesday to determine his outlook, whether he can play in that game and how much time he could actually miss. Right now, as we're recording this on Tuesday afternoon, seems like he's probably going to sit out at least this week. Maybe more, but we don't know for sure yet. So if you are a Kelsey manager, you can either drop someone if you have that easy end of the bench player that you don't care about and then pick up a replacement tight end like Juwan Johnson on the Saints or Jake Ferguson on the Cowboys. Or you could even go to Kelsey's direct backup, Noah Gray, who he's flashed a little bit in that Chiefs offense when he's gotten chances and could be a big game for him if Kelsey is out this week. I moved Gray to tight end 12 in my week one rankings that went up today. I also bumped up Sky Moore and Jarek McKinnon, moved them up just a little bit more into the wide receiver three range, McKinnon into that RB3 flex area. But overall, I think the Chiefs are going to spread the ball around. They would use more of a group effort to fill that Kelsey spot if he does miss time. And at least it is a Thursday game, right? It's not a Monday nighter. So you get to find out right away whether he's playing or not. And if he is out, you might be able to toss him in your IR slot, depending on the rules in your league. Or at worst, you'll have plenty of time to figure out a backup plan. And if those guys that I mentioned, if they're already rostered, then you go to my tight end rankings for week one, you see who might be available. You're not going to find anybody that's going to come close to replicating Kelsey's numbers, but there's lots of tight end two options this time of year. And the early weeks, they're not as impactful as the later stages of the fantasy season. So you're going to get through this. You're going to be okay. You might have even dodged a bullet, assuming that Kelsey's back within a week or two. Now, I wasn't planning on talking any news today, but I figured I had to mention the Kelsey thing. The real plan for this episode was to discuss some roster management tips heading into the season, and that might not sound as exciting as a big name player getting hurt, but we're trying to find edges anywhere we can in our leagues at this point. And one spot that you can do that is by tinkering with your roster and with your lineup and giving yourself little advantages here and there. And in general, these Tuesday shows are going to be more about takeaways from the previous week's games or looking ahead to specific moves that you can make. But since we're at the start of the season, we're taking a slightly different approach here. So let's start with the first of five tips that I have for you. And it's fitting that we talked about the Kelsey injury because it brings your IR spots into play potentially. And the first item on the list is make sure you're using your IR spots. It might seem obvious to you, but a lot of fantasy managers only use IR when a player on their roster gets hurt. That's a mistake. When you're in a draft, you should be thinking about guys who could be stashed on that IR. They often fall much further because in the preset rankings, in the ADPs, they are way, way down. So no one's considering drafting them at that point. And this year for redraft leagues, you could look at Jeff Wilson on the Dolphins. You could look at Kyler Murray on the Cardinals. If it's Dynasty, then you can go a lot deeper with it. There's many names that are on IR for the season even that you could grab and stash. But know the rules for your IR because in some leagues, you can stash suspended players on IR. In some leagues, you could put guys who are doubtful or ruled out on IR. It isn't always just guys who are actually on injured reserve in real life who qualify for those spots. And if you snag someone like a Jeff Wilson in the late rounds, 
you're essentially getting a free bench spot because you can hold them on IR and then immediately make a claim to pick up another player who didn't get drafted in your league. And if you have multiple IR spots, you should be keeping several guys who get hurt. And to take it even a step further, if you're in a keeper league, especially one where you keep the player based on the round they were drafted in, you should absolutely be thinking about someone like a Kyler Murray in the final rounds of your draft. Because if you carry him on IR all year, then you could potentially keep him in 2024 for that late round pick or the late round pick plus one round whatever the rules are in your league so bottom line make sure you're using ir spots to their fullest potential tip number two learn the drop rules in your league and capitalize on them what do i mean by that so i know specifically on yahoo for example in the default settings if a player is on your bench and his game has already been played you can still drop him that week and pick up another player who hasn't played yet and you can start that new player if you want to and this seems kind of sneaky i know but it's legal. So one way you can use this to your advantage is if you have a free bench spot that you can churn, you can pick guys up, you can drop them. You could pick up a backup running back off the waiver wire who plays on Thursday. So let's say this week you go get Clyde Edwards Hilaire or Craig Reynolds. They're the number three backs for the Chiefs and Lions. You hold them on your bench during the Thursday nighter. If we see a starter get hurt, boom, you already have that backup on your roster and their value just went way up. And if nobody gets hurt, you can drop that guy and pick up another upside stash heading into the weekend. And you could do the same process during the 1 p.m. games on Sunday or even into the Monday nighter. So you just keep dropping the lower level backups. You're not doing this with top backups because you probably wouldn't get them back off the waiver wire if you throw them out there. But lower level backup RBs who are probably just going to sit on the waiver wire anyway, you're giving yourself a chance to steal them without having to get into a bidding war if the starter gets hurt that week. So you're sort of just getting out ahead of the pack. And if you get lucky, and lucky is probably not the right word because we never want to see anyone get injured. But if you end up in a situation where the starter does get hurt, then you already have that guy on your roster and you've saved yourself from having to to bid up and use a lot of fob to get them onto your team. And if you followed my advice, you didn't draft a kicker or a defense, and instead you took two upside backup running backs at the end of your draft, you could wait to see how they do on Sunday, if assuming that they play in the early slate. And then near the end of those games, you could make a decision at that point of who you want to drop for a kicker and a defense. Just know you're picking from the kickers and defenses who haven't played yet. So it's just the teams in the 4 p.m. games or the Sunday nighter or on Monday night football. Less selection, of course, but there's lots of games in there to choose from. It's just a little more work on Sunday for you, right? So to recap, number two, learn the drop rules in your league and capitalize on them, specifically holding bench players during games to learn about their usage and to see if any injuries occur. You're essentially just churning the bottom of your roster, and you're trying to uncover value before everyone else gets a chance at it. On to number three, and this ties a little bit into the last one, but fill as many of your bench spots as possible with those upside backup running backs. And I know you can't always do that. Depends on the size of your bench, bye week issues, you know, also the scoring format. Because if you're in a 2QB or super flex or a tight end premium league, those positions are going to have added value. You might want to stash some of those guys on your bench over some of the backup running backs. But in regular leagues, those backup running backs have the easiest path to significant fantasy value and an injury or two. And all of a sudden you have a volume based starter on your hands, a guy that could slide right into your lineup as an RB two or a flex potentially, which is why I always point out in the waiver wire columns, the upside backup running backs. Cause I'm constantly surprised that they just sit on waiver wires in a lot of leagues. And I'll tell you in the really competitive analyst leagues that I'm in, the ones with very deep benches, 
you can't find a backup running back on the waiver wire. Basically, every back who's on an NFL roster is also rostered in that league because people know the value that can come out of nowhere, essentially, when a couple injuries hit. So we can call this one filling as many of your bench spots as possible with upside players in general. But the caveat is that the backup running backs tend to have the most upside in regular leagues. Moving on to number four, put players in specific lineup slots depending on the time of their games. So if a guy is playing on Thursday night, you want to make sure he's not in your flex because that is going to lock once the game starts. And if you put him in your flex and he locks, it's going to give you less flexibility, no pun intended, when the weekend games come around. So for example, if you leave a running back who plays on Thursday in your flex, but then you find out that one of your other starting running backs is a surprise and active for whatever reason, maybe they got hurt in Friday practice, now they're out, you might not have a fourth quality running back to put in your RB2 spot. But if you had put that initial flex running back in your RB2 spot before the Thursday game, you still would have the flex open and you'd be able to start a receiver or a tight end or someone else in the flex as opposed to having to go with a running back. And that goes for guys playing at 1 p.m., at 4 p.m., really whenever. Make sure the guys in your lineup with the latest games that week are the ones that are in your flex because you never know when somebody's going to get hurt or get sick or whatever and have to be that last minute inactive and you want as much flexibility in your lineup as possible and that brings us to number five and this could really be called a couple things it's based on the idea of just not being married to your roster after you draft them but i'll say that this one is be aggressive about positioning your roster for success throughout the season and what i mean by that is you're not likely going to have the same team in september that you're going to have in december and really You almost never should if you're a serious contender. So you might get lucky. You might ride the wave all the way through, but that's very, very rare. What you should be doing is breaking the season down into chunks or stretches. It could be each month. It could be the first half of the fantasy season and then the second half of the fantasy season, whatever you feel comfortable doing. But you should be looking at the upcoming schedules and looking at the other managers rosters and see where you can gain value in trades and set yourself up for a really strong run over short periods of time. Trades that you make in September, they don't have to be for the fantasy playoffs. They could just be for September. And then in October, you can make some new deals and you could shake your roster up again. And this is one area where I really don't see enough fantasy managers doing it. And part of that is probably because it takes time, right? It takes a lot of effort to go over your roster and to throw trade offers out there. And not everybody has that kind of time to invest in their fantasy teams. I totally understand that. But if you do, you're going to give yourself an edge during those spans and you're going to maximize your chances of winning while the entire time not falling too in love with your players, not getting set on that roster that you have. So being open to trading and setting yourself up for success and trading is also really fun. And if you're doing it right, you should win more trades than you lose. You're not going to win them all. I hate to break it to you, but if you're smart about it, you're going to turn a profit over time and your team is going to get better little by little. And this is an example from a dynasty league and it is from the off season. So it's not exactly what we're talking about here, but in one dynasty league, I wanted to move my backup tight end who was David Njoku. I think I might've talked about this in the podcast at one point and I made multiple trades and it eventually turned Njoku into Alexander Madison for me. So it took some work. It took multiple trade partners, but I basically turned my backup tight end on that team with a couple little end of the bench kind of pieces 
into a starting running back who I really like, who I think has a shot to be a top 15, at least top 20 back this season, maybe for the next couple of years. And that's what you're trying to do here. You're just trying to do it in season. So be aggressive about making trades throughout the year and positioning your roster to excel over those specific stretches. And if you keep doing that, you're going to have a better shot at having a winning record and you're going to set yourself up really, really nicely for the fantasy playoff run. But that is all for today's show. If you haven't drafted yet, go check out the Score Fantasy Football Draft Kit. It is free, has everything you need in one spot there. And if you're looking for my week one content, the waiver wire columns up. I mentioned the first version of the week one rankings are live. And I'm going to have that in-season trade value chart published on Wednesday. I know people love that one. So you can take a look at all that stuff. And if you're making roster decisions, who to hold on to, who to drop at the end of your bench, the trade value chart is definitely helpful for that. And we aren't done yet, right? Still three more episodes to go this week. But until then, big thanks for all the ratings and reviews on your podcast platforms. Make sure you're subscribing to the show on there too. Big thanks for downloading and listening to every episode. And we will see you next time. Said leave on time, my baby said leave on time. Leave on time with me tonight, I said leave on time.